Yeah. Hi, Paramu. Welcome back to the Software People Stories. Thank you, Shiv. It's a pleasure to work with you and be one of your interviewees. It's really great, Shiv. Actually, I don't know if you read my mind, even though we didn't have any briefing or any detailed <laughs> preparation for this. This is a slightly different format that I wanted to experiment with, which is like an interview. I have a curiosity question about you. And uh, that's basically it, to understand the mind of Paramu. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And we don't need to go through the normal introduction that we do, a self-introduction that we do, because our audience is very familiar with you. But still, to set the context for this question or conversation, uh, I need to say what kind of triggered this. From the time I've known you, now you have played different roles in different organizations. And one theme that seems to be there in most of those is some ambiguity, either when you started or took on that role, or as you grew in that role, the scope of what you do or the uh, impact of what you are working on. Now, whether it was as a project delivery leader or handling a business line, so to say, or setting up a center, which started as a support center for specific technologies growing into the India Development Center and leading a business around that, or your work in the social sector where the challenges might be similar, but the solutions probably had to be contextualized to the region or the specific domain, etc. And more recently, the writing that you've been doing plus the podcast or the writing again spanning different genre, totally different things, whether it is about our uh, culture, history, language, or something more technical about project management, agility, etc. So the question probably has multiple parts. I'll just share all of them and then you can take on from there. First is, while there are probably a lot of triggers for you, how do you pick an idea? How do you get latched on to an idea? And once you have the idea, how do you go about converting that idea into action or idea into something that is realized or something that others can also you know, touch and feel or experience? Okay. See, uh, you know my history. You know, I started off with Tata Burroughs. After my, my studies, I started off with Tata Burroughs. And the first 15 years, I was in Tata Burroughs. Right? And there, it's more or less kind of roles defined by the organization. And I, and I just kind of grew through the management ladder or technical ladder, as it were. Right? And one of the things that I did, and you know, you are also then doing the same thing, was that of a project manager. But those days, this, this project manager of a project just kind of fell into your lap, right? And uh, I, I remember that there was no formal training at all. I'm sure you also know there's absolutely no formal training whatsoever for a project manager in, in our organization, right? So you just said, manage this project, and we started managing, right? And of course, there were some, some managers above us who would give us some hints here and there, right? So that, so, so when you ask me how I latched on to that 
that idea of a project manager, I didn't latch onto it, just came to me, just kind of handed to me by the organization. And I somehow kind of blundered through it and somehow delivered the project. Right? But when you come to the next thing, which was my role as the, as the head of the Unix Development Center for Digital Equipment, there I was actually, you know, in, in Tata Polos, I started looking out for a different kind of option. And that's when I found this particular option in digital, right? And that the initial idea was that uh, we would set up a Unix development center, which is actually a center where uh, products, Unix products, including the Unix operating system from digital's uh, Nashua development center would be brought to India and then some part of it done here, right? So that was the initial plan. But then as things took on, uh, it became much more of a of an India development center, India development center, but not just Unix, but also other products like VMS and other products that we did here, right? And uh, there, the, the the whole idea of uh, uh, looking for other uh, other shall we say products came mainly because when I went to the US and started talking to the Unix people, you know, you found there were other people also sitting there having their own products. So why not talk to them, right? And then when you actually take your Unix experience and go to them and say, look, here is something that we have been doing with Unix. Why not with VMS? Or why not with whatever system that you're working on, right? So, and th that gave him the, the, the confidence to actually come and do the pro product with us in our center. So even though the whole center started as a Unix development center, it grew into an India development center mainly doing systems products, not really applications or you know, accountancy, all that kind of stuff, just mainly systems products. So, uh, so, so latching out to an idea of expanding the center and then uh, maintaining it uh, was more of, you know, it was there, therefore I took it, like Mallory, you know, Everest was there, therefore he climbed it. So similarly, those products were there for, for the taking and they were happy to give it to us. So that's how that happened. So what I'm saying is different things. And you know, as there, some people have uh, ideas thrust on them. Some people come up with ideas. So the first thing was idea was thrust on me, the project manager. Second, you know, I kind of idea developed, right? And the third, uh, my third job was, you know, was an idea that I developed myself, right? So, so that was where I went and talked to some financiers, people who had money. Calcutta-based uh, industrialists who funded me to start a new new center right? or a new software development organization, right? And there, uh, uh, basically, uh, the idea was to uh, hire people here, set up a team, train them, and then go overseas, get projects, bring them here, and do it uh, do it here. Again, mainly in the area of systems uh, products, not really applications, right? But uh, that was the time of the uh, of the uh, you know the dot com bust, so it didn't go too far, too too much, right? So therefore, I left that, and that's when this opportunity of uh, being the uh, the the head or the CIO of an international uh, international NGO came up, right? And that whole the NGO was headquartered in London, right? And the whole idea was for me to go to London and then look at what is happening in London, first of all, because most of the uh, organization's work was done in London. The main idea was to look at what's happening in London, streamline that organization there, 
and then set up an international strategy for the whole organization. And we worked in about 40 countries, right? So there, uh, it was one level above that of, uh, of my company, right? So first one was an idea was thrust onto me. The second one was where an idea was there and I granted. The third was where I actually went and took the idea. And the fourth was an idea that was really huge, right? So that was where, you know, uh, the, the, we, an organization that worked in 40 countries, right? So I was actually creating IT strategies for the whole organization, right? And making sure that every, every country had their network, had their systems. That was the next level of, as you call it, ambiguity becoming, uh, becoming more and more concrete, right? So there were four levels of that. But from this NGO, I had worked for about, I don't know, maybe about uh, some number of decades. I mean, I had worked there, right? After that, when I left that and kind of semi-retired and joined our esteemed organization, PM Power, right? Totally ambiguous, right? There we had no really defined role as it were. We all were partners doing different things, right? And the, the main idea was to see whether we can help others in achieving their goals, right? either as consultants or as coaches or as uh, helpers, right? So that was very ambiguous. And, and I think that I didn't develop my own ideas. We developed it together. Right? All of us together developed how the organization should grow. So we actually, it's not really ambiguous. It's much more, uh, it's very concrete uh, what we're doing, right? And that is where I got the option of uh, writing books. The whole idea of writing books came to me much before joining PM Power. Uh, I was actually reading a book by Bal Gangadhar Tilak, right? And there I found that he had interpreted a Rig Vedic hymn to prove that the Vedas were, you know, 6,000 years old. Therefore, I said, why can't I take the same hymn and interpret that as a murder mystery? I mean, it was, it's kind of a very flippant idea that started then. So over time, that idea developed. Again, it's very ambiguous. I don't know even how to how to actually start thinking about it, right? But then when you read those ricks or those verses one by one, those stanzas one by one, slowly an idea formed. And that's how the whole concept of this, uh, the first Aryan or the legend of Rishakabi, you know, that the writing that book came out, right? And for that, I had to actually learn a bit of Sanskrit. Even though I had learned Sanskrit in school before, I wasn't, I couldn't really call myself a semi-expert. Now I can call myself a semi-expert, right? So I had learned a lot of Sanskrit, including Vedic Sanskrit, which is kind of different from classical Sanskrit. So I learned that and then took that ambiguity of, of uh, not knowing how to interpret this particular hymn in terms of a murder mystery and in terms of history. Took that and then refined that. So th th that is one, uh, one place where I really took a real great ambiguity and then converted that into a very concrete area, right? And that required a lot of effort. It, it took maybe 15 years for me to actually write that book. At the same time, in PM Power, while we were developing our own idea of what an organization should be, I got this opportunity of writing a book for PM Power, which is a book on project management. Uh, the, the main question was how to present it, so, so different from how others have presented it. Because project management is a vast area and many people have talked about it. The basic thing was to look at project management as, and since we were coaches, we got the idea of actually taking Krishna and Arjuna, right? So look at Arjuna as a project manager who's actually trying to execute the project of executing his enemies, 
have him have some doubts, right? which in fact, Arjuna had in the battlefield of, of the Kurukshetra, he had a lot of doubts. So you have a coach called Krishna who then would advise him as to how to remove his doubts and get his doubts cleared. That's how the whole ambiguous idea was concretized into a situation of, uh, of having Krishna and Arjuna. Right? At the same time, I started my third book, uh, which was a book on languages, right? Since uh, I learned some amount of Sanskrit, and I had also set up a Sanskrit website with some 50 lessons on it, I thought maybe I could take that and kind of, uh, kind of summarize that in a book. So I have a book called uh, Sanskrit, 108 Facts About Our Mother Tongue. Right? So I call Sanskrit our mother tongue, India's mother tongue. The whole idea grew again from an ambiguous state of not knowing what to do to coming out of the book. That book should come out sometime soon, in the next two or three months. And at the same time in the organization, another book was kind of brewing or on the stove, in the oven as it were. And that book was a book on Agile. Of course, so many people had defined so many things about Agile. And Agile was well known for its manifesto, which had some number of uh, principles. And so what we said was, actually, if you want to go and implement Agile in an organization, or have an organization go through an agile journey, agilizing themselves. We need a set of uh, principles, right? And that is what we define in our organization, collectively defined in our organization, and call them the five values or the five tantras, right? Of, of enterprise agility, right? So that is how that whole idea was concretized. The idea of writing a book on agile was concretized as creating a, a book on five values or five tantras, which was different from the five manifestos, which was agile theory as it were. Whereas this is more of uh, agile uh, implementation in an organization. So uh, that book also has been published, right? And the next ambiguous thing that I took up was music. Now, at, at the age of Shiv, let us not kid all, we are both Kind of, I mean, on the wrong side of the 60s, right? So, uh, not yet for me, but yeah. Not so. yet, okay. But for me, yes, I'm kind of 66 now. I mean, almost 66, right? So, uh, uh, I thought that music is a good way to kind of keep one's brain cells alive, you know, and also one's uh, juices flowing, right? So, uh, so I took up music. I, I bought a bought a an ukulele, yeah, something like this. I bought an ukulele, right, and started learning that. I, I and this was completely, I was not really ambiguous. It's just I don't know where I was going with it, right? So I hired a teacher online, right? Uh, he's a very nice teacher. When I, in fact, when I talked to him first, I told him, "Look, uh, Eric, I'm I'm slightly older than most of the other students." So he first wanted to meet my mother, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I told him I'm slightly older than most of the other students, right? So he said, no, don't worry. I've got one student who is 48 years old, right? Very old, very old elderly gentleman. I said, don't worry, I'm at least I'm 20 years older than that, right? So he was, I mean, he was quite, quite surprised, but I mean, he, he does a very good job, you know? He treats me well, he gives me lots of ideas. So every week, once a week, I have this class, right? And that ambiguity is slowly kind of uh, uh, going away, right? So the main problem with music, especially playing a, a, an instrument like the ukulele or the guitar, is, the, is, is that first of all, the fingers on your hand, every finger on your hand 
has to move independently, right? And that's a, that's a first uh, coordination that you have to learn. Right? The second coordination is between the two hands, right? So what I find is when I strum with my right hand, uh, and when I try to change chords on the left, the moment I change chord here, my brain goes to the chord, and my strumming changes and stops. What my teacher tells me is that it's much easier for youngsters. Right? At the same time, when I start singing, both my left and right hand stop. Right? So this whole thing about learning this new instrument is highly ambiguous. Right? So it's 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 not it's not easy. Right? So even now that I'm still in that ambiguous phase of of learning music. Right? It's not one year, and it's still still sitting there. Right? But slowly, I think I can play. I can change some chords. I can even I can even strum, you know, like, you know, a kind of a, a swing, a swing strum rhythm, I can strum. It's not easy, by the way, right? So, uh, so th that is, a, at the same time, I started reading about music to remove the ambiguity of actually learning uh, an instrument and knowing what I'm doing. I started reading up about the theory of music, so Western music, Indian music. And I've put up a few pages on websites, right? So hopefully in the next two or three years, I'll be able to jam with my uh, son. So these are some of the main things that I did that started off ambiguously and then kind of grew into something which I think is enjoyable and kind of concretized. So now, now that my monologue is over, if you have any questions, yeah, not so much questions. I was trying to uh, make a note of what you were saying, you know, trying to find right. some pattern. Right. And um, at least for the question that I had at the beginning of our conversation, the two main things I got was that uh, there is not just one technique, but there are many ways which one needs to explore based on the context. Right. And that age is not a bar at all. Right. Okay? Right. And more specifically, converting ideas to action, first is you can explore and expand an idea. You can collaborate, get others also to contribute and develop the idea and convert it to action. One tough thing seems to be where it requires a lot of work. I thought ideas means you can just come up with something and uh, share right. it. Right. But the, the research that goes into it, learning, understanding the context, internalizing it, letting it simmer for a few years, like in the case of your book, and one right. day it'll come out. It's probably also about looking for metaphors or analogies you know, right. to see how you can probably apply those and then expand this if there is no direct or very evident or something that you don't already know. Right. In fact, and, when, you, when you talked yeah. about uh, uh, and collaborating, right now, you know, you know that we are, you and I and JV are collaborating on writing a book. Right, a new book, which is kind of a, a sequel of, uh, of, the, of the Agile book. Right? At the same time, I'm looking at writing another book on, on calendars of India. Mm. Right? I've reached about 30,000 words there. I've mm. also read 30,000 words on the second Aryan. Okay. It's a sequel to my first uh, book, first yeah. Aryan. And there, you ask how ideas develop. In the book called Second Aryan, right? the king has called together lots of scholars from different countries to actually uh, have a standardized calendar for all the kingdoms. Oh, okay. So there is some connecting thread. And therefore, then I said, let me stop this and write a book on calendar and uh, then come back to this, yeah. right? So yeah. that's how the idea for this calendar is developed, right? Oh, okay. So, so now, 
yeah. i will add i will add something more to what i said saying that if you define some boundaries or set some maybe you know quantitative goals or like you said 108 facts right then probably you have a goal you can start working towards it right right yeah. right yeah and two other things which i noted as uh, looking for gaps in the current models like you said about agile right there is always some ambiguity about the adoption or you know what happens when rubber meets the road right. and uh, the last thing that i picked up is that uh, the moment you decide to learn get a coach right a teacher <laughs> right, not right, right. not always try everything yourself and in doing that another thing which uh, you didn't mention explicitly but something that i noticed was that the being self aware when you said you know the hand coordination or singing versus hands and all that at least knowing what is happening you know around you etc so it's been yeah wonderful parmo i uh, and i just before i mean i know you uh, uh, i just want to say something about this coach business sure right? see, see before i hired this guy as my teacher now i was just going through different uh, internet websites right and trying to figure out how to learn on my own but i found that there were so many ideas floating around in the on on the internet you're not sure in fact even the way of strumming i was actually uh, using my forefinger and uh, and my nail downwards to strum down and then the same finger going up right whereas this teacher said no use a thumb going down and finger going up right and that made things much easier the other thing is once you have a teacher you just do what he says right yeah. you don't do too many things i mean you don't get of course what the teacher says may not be the best but at least it's it's one thing right <laughs> not yeah. two thing right so yeah. that that is see the other thing that i think is important for, i mean if, uh, for those is that once you start i think you have to stick with it sometimes you find mm. that you know when you start uh, you can easily drop things you know start drop start drop so that yeah. the other thing is the numbers when i started my uh, this uh, sanskrit lessons on the website i first committed to 50 lessons okay i remember my, my son asked me why are you committing to 50 lessons but then the whole course fitted exactly into 50 lessons so i said as you once you define the number i think the whole thing spreads out to actually fit that similarly the 100 108 facts right so so you are right so that the, yeah even though i didn't you picked on that you picked up on that well thanks yeah so maybe a variation of work expands to fill time exactly expands <laughs> to meet your goals to meet your numbers yeah right. <laughs> wonderful yeah. i could also relate to at least one thing that i have been doing the, like this podcast which is right. again i said after 60 what would i want to do something new right, learning right. something doing it setting some goals saying we will have something weekly it right, will right. not be like any other podcast or not similar to them but then let's get people stories of how they right, are right. Good, what they, what's right. been right. their learning I think it has been wonderful it has been a great learning for me as well uh great. some more ideas for me to explore so right. thanks a lot paramu i'm sure um, i'll have more questions for future conversations great chef thank you very much great pleasure talking to you